Welcome into the Wild and Wacky Wednesday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Wade Yao. Wade Yao. Wade Yao. That did, I, yeah. You know, it kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit. You, I told you I was going to do it at some point. You did it, declare it, its inevitability. It took eight days. It's okay. I'm, we're here, and it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, so that's, we just got it well, cleared out of the way. You know, here's the thing, though. If he weren't in the studio, I probably would not have done that. I probably would not have mashed up Wade Neely. Chris, Chris and, Neely. And, and, yeah. Which and, is my mom's name, by the way. That's even better. Yeah. We're we, off the rails already, and I love it. I'm and it, and it. it took all of a minute and a half. Yeah. Well, again, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Mo, Chris, and Wade all in the studio today. Um, you'll be hearing intermittently from Chris Yao on this Wild and Wacky Wednesday, particularly in the latter stages of the show. Um, before we get there, we have Joe Sullivan, who is enjoying the agony and the ecstasy this week of Indiana State being in the top 25 and Indiana State losing its first game after moving into the top five. So I'm sure he'll have plenty to say about that, as well as all of the local sports teams on the landscape here. In the next, uh, uh, next segment, we will be joined by Heather Williams as we talk a little vroom vroom with her. And somehow... I'm thinking Super Bowl 58 will come up at some point. How long into the interview? Last week, she was wearing the, the gear already from a previous Super Bowl championship. Number one, do you think she already has brand new merch? If she doesn't two, already have brand new merch, it's because it hadn't gotten there just yet. Just because it hasn't arrived. But yeah, number two, how quickly before we get into Super Bowl talk? I mean, we you got to stretch your we, stuff. We, we right? might just start with it and get it out the way. Uh, kings, kings stay kings, I guess, and she will be uh, head over heels about that. I'm she, sure. she absolutely will be, and rightfully so. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's first time in twenty years somebody has repeated, and it just happens to be her team. I have a few random Chiefs fans in my life that kind of live in the area, uh, so they're not Johnny Come Latelys, and you know, I, I gave them their props. I shot them some texts over the weekend and mm -hmm. said, "Man, that was." Great game, great win, good comeback. So, yeah, she, she is worthy of all the praise and then some. Absolutely. Um, there was a number retired in the NBA last night, and we need to talk about it. Um, in the second hour, we will get into our grab bag where we've got a number of topics that deserve mention, but light. Um, and like I said, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the wildest and wackiest stories from across the world. And Walker County, Alabama, apparently. So Yeah, rumor has it we have got some both wild and wacky, maybe even a combo of both, and we didn't have to stray necessarily all that far to find said news. So exactly. I'm real curious to see what, what comes across the ticker here in, in that segment. Yeah. Um, before, though... We get into the show. We need to, as we do every day, give yesterday's results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Great.
Girls high school basketball action from Tuesday night included the following results. Cheatham County defeated Hickman County 54-28. Kirkwood with a 43-37 win over Clarksville Northeast. Eagleville defeated Huntland 61-49. Trousdale County with a 52-51 win over East Robertson. Ezell Harding defeated Middle Tennessee Christian 52-40. Creekwood defeated Fairview 52-36. Franklin Road Academy edged Donaldson Christian 40-39. Good Pasture with a 64-31 win over Grace Christian of Franklin. East Hickman defeated Harpeth 59-49. McGavick with a 62-16 win over Hunters Lane. Liberty Creek with a 56-9 win over Merrill Hyde. Loretto defeated Lewis County 83-27. It was Providence Christian 38, Nashville Christian 31. Santa Fe with a 43-19 win over Hampshire. Riverdale defeated Siegel 59-56, and it was Summertown 76, Mount Pleasant 22. A couple of boys basketball games last night in high school action. It was Antioch 78, a winner over Hunters Lanes 56. Zion Christian took care of Community Christian by the count of 57-37. to Houston County put up 66, Big Sandy 31, big win for Houston County there. Liberty Creek does knock off Merrill Hyde in boys' action as well, 58-48 to a final. A game that I was at last night, Murfreesboro Central Magnet, big win for the Tigers. They knock off Giles County by the count of 55-48. to Oakland, a 69-44 winner over Riverdale. Warren County took care of Spring Hill, 65-43. to Monterey put up 60 points uh, to just 46 for Watertown. Good win for Monterey in that one. In college basketball last night, a couple of uh, nice scores here. Tennessee Tech put up a big win, 20-point win, in fact, 70-50 to 50 over Tennessee Went State. Went on a 23-4 second half run. Holy, 23-4? Yeah. That is uh, what you like to see in the second half. And kind of a surprising result, as we'll talk with uh, Joe a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And speaking of surprising results, <laughs> cancel the funeral. The arrangements have been called off. Vanderbilt may be back to life. The Commodores with a one-point win last night, 74-73. A hint of Memorial Magic was had. We'll be talking uh, more about this yeah, later. More, this more to come uh, on that one. But big win for Coach Stack in 74-73, uh, your final once again there. Women's College Basketball, Tennessee Tech completing the sweep. Uh, by putting up an 80-64 to 64 win versus TSU. And then on the ice last night, NHL action, it was the Devils 4 and the Preds 2. Close game, but the Devils uh, pulled away late in that two-goal victory. Tonight's high school basketball schedule. These are double headers. Charlesdale County is at East Robertson at 6. Also, Merrill Hyde is at Liberty Creek at 6. Girls basketball action. Christ Presbyterian is at Innsworth. Antioch is at Overton. That's a 6 o'clock start there. Laverne plays Stewart's Creek at 7.30. And Smyrna plays Wilson Central at 6 o'clock. I'm not sure if those are in the same place or not. Um, Lipscomb Academy plays at the Web School in girls action. Mm -hmm. The Web School. Interesting. Um, boys basketball action. 6 o'clock starts for Clarksville Academy at Columbia Academy. I I do believe CA will win that one. Webb School is at Friendship Christian at six. Also, Valor Collegiate is at Glencliff. Battleground Academy's boys go across Nashville to get to Good Pasture for a six o'clock tip. Also at six, Maplewood is at Lawson. Ezell Harding is at Providence Christian. At seven, Ensworth plays at Lipscomb Academy. At 7.30, McGavick plays at Overton. And 
At an undefined time, Christ Presbyterian plays at Montgomery Bell Academy. Men's college basketball tonight, the Salukis of Southern Illinois are at the Curb Center taking on Belmont. That is a 6.30 tip. And at 8 o'clock on the Deuce, ESPN2, Tennessee goes to Bud Walton taking on the Razorbacks of Arkansas. And hopefully they don't get off to a 16-0 Arkansas start like they did when I followed them to Bud Walton years and years and more years ago. Mm -hmm. In the association, Houston is at Memphis. That's a 7 o'clock start on Valley Sports, and that is your rundown. Top story, as always, brought to you by Piggly Wiggly over in Neely's Mill in Columbia. Be sure and get through there for your delicious daily deli lunch options, as well as hand-cut meats back there in the butcher shop. And everything is cost plus 10% at the register. Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill, Columbia, get there. Um, we had, the top story has been ever-evolving. Mm-hmm. And we are now at its most recent iteration, I guess. The Big Machine Music City Grand Prix set for September will not be in the Music City, will not be on the streets of downtown Nashville. Instead, apparently... Hmm? Say so what? Is it won't be a Grand Prix. Okay, Complain. explain. Because by by definition. Yes. Because a Grand Prix is a road course. Hmm. There there is that. That's interesting. Um Is Vin Machine even sponsoring this thing anymore? Well, it seems like a lot is uh, up in the air right now. Like we said, this kind of story has changed from the moment we well, woke up today. As, as, as I'm reading here on IndyCar.com, Big Machine Label Group Chairman and Founder Scott Borchetta, all caps, by the way, announced a new leadership role in the operations of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Borchetta will now oversee operations for Nashville's annual NTT IndyCar Series race, and Big Machine will continue to be the event's entitlement sponsor. I think a light bulb just went on here, Chris. We'll talk about it at the break. Um, Nashville is a world-class sport and entertainment market that loves its racing, Borchetta said. In its first three years, the Big Machine Grand Music City Grand Prix successfully established itself as a major event in Nashville, and it has tremendous potential for growth. So I couldn't be more excited to make this statement regarding its future. Um, the bigger, well, maybe not the bigger news, but apparently, um, as we said, this will not be a road course this year. Um, the event will be held at the new Nashville Super Speedway in Gladeville. Not a road course, but on an oval, right? So... Um, with construction set to begin for the new Titan Stadium, operations team knew they'd be faced with key challenges, blah, blah. 
Anyway, um, there's a move. First time in a decade that the championship or finale will not be held on a road course. Big news, obviously, and the timing of this is interesting because I'm curious what kind of changed in a sense because uh, the Titan Stadium obviously was kind of the centerpiece and the bridge kind of the real showcase there the last couple of runnings of this. But there had been all the discussion, all the uh, talk, and that they kind of had a plan even though that that was uh, not really feasible uh, or going to be feasible with the construction that's getting ready to start uh, taking place at Nissan Stadium. Seemed like a plan was pretty much in, in place. And if I remembered reading correctly, this, this thing was going to go through the streets of downtown Nashville, potentially, which obviously is a huge kind of a buzz, uh, potentially, for this race. So I'm just curious, did those plans fall apart? Uh, I read some chatter, you know, that just logistically it may not have worked out. They've and it. Excuse me. This yeah. is the third year. Was this the third, or have they done it? Three no, no, no. Years? I'm saying the course was going to have to change. They weren't going to be able to have the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Titan Stadium. Right. So they were getting ready to change the course, and the way I understood it, it was going to change, but still be in the area. That I don't know. Yeah. Well. Clearly that didn't work. But then obviously, yeah. So that's why I'm wondering what is now potentially changed. Uh, because, yeah, now, uh, as we mentioned, you're, you're moving it to a uh, different track entirely. Uh, and moving it to a track. Moving it to a track. <laughs> a great point there. And uh, as we kind of joked before we went on air, not in Nashville, technically, moving it out to Gladeville there. Yeah. Um, interesting, interesting drop here on this Wednesday morning, as we said. So uh, it's um, – Kind of caught us all off guard, obviously. Two, um, uh, real quick, also, from a racing standpoint, I'll be curious to maybe even ask uh, Heather about this. From a racing standpoint, uh, two years ago, and I uh, have been there for both of the races, two years ago was almost a disaster. There were, there were way too many wrecks, and you could tell that the idea was great, but the execution was maybe not quite uh, where it needed to be. Last year, a little bit improved. Uh, and it seemed like it was kind of trending in the right direction. But from a racing standpoint, as far as uh, lack of wrecks and really just maybe deciding who's the best racer, if you're a race fan, this could is potentially a better move if you're concerned about that at all. But so much of this is focused around entertainment and the spectacle of it. In that regard, it's now kind of a uh, complete flop in that sense. It yeah. depends on the way you want to look at it. If you're a, a racing purist, this could potentially be a cool thing. Obviously, you don't have the, the nice track, but uh, again, from a kind of an optics uh, standpoint, it, it does just not quite hit the same to me. You, you kind of lose the flavor, obviously, of being in the streets of Nashville with this, and that's certainly been part of the excitement of the event previously. So it's interesting. I don't know if it was something that could not be avoided or what exactly the situation was or is, and hopefully we'll learn more here over the coming weeks as we get toward that IndyCar finale in mid-September. Um, our other top story involves a 
local high school athlete who collapsed at halftime of a basketball game last night, um, the District 9-4A quarterfinal matchup between Shelbyville Central and host Lincoln County. Um, according to a release from the Bedford County Board of Education and their media relations person, Carol Garrett, a male athlete and member of the Shelbyville Central High School Eagles basketball team collapsed in the locker room during halftime of last night's game against Lincoln County. The game was being played in the Falcons Gymnasium in Fayetteville. The SCHS senior required life-saving measures and was transported to the Lincoln County Hospital and airlifted to Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, where he was reported to be in stable condition last night. We are so grateful to the folks at Lincoln County who assisted our athlete, Bedford County School Superintendent, Dr. Tammy Garrett said. Their director of schools informed me there were four nurse practitioners present at the game who helped our student and utilized an AED device that was readily available. We thank the team at Lincoln County for their quick action that no doubt helped save him. No diagnosis is available at this time from BCS for what caused the medical emergency. Garrett, that would be Tammy Garrett, mm -hmm. reported that the game was suspended. At this time, the plan is for the game to be rescheduled for Thursday, tomorrow, at 6 o'clock. Now, I would presume that since the game was suspended, that it would be picked up at the point of suspension, halftime, and concluded at six o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, so. uh, obviously a scary situation, a, a tragic situation, and uh, we're wishing all the best uh, in a safe and speedy recovery. And these kind of events, uh, man, it just really puts things into perspective a little bit. And uh, I kind of first learned about it late last night, and then we all were chatting about it before we went on air. Just a scary situation. It kind of just takes the context of a basketball game and puts it in a whole different light because uh, this is this was something really scary last night. Well, I had just seen Shelbyville Central play Friday night against Columbia Central, so it was a bit striking mm -hmm. to wake up, you know, start checking social media and start seeing, you know, posts of prayers for and in light of the fact that it's on social media, I don't feel terribly bad about mentioning the young man's name, Kyler Trice, who also plays baseball. I think he plays football as well for Shelville Central. But um, apparently that is the young man who experienced this medical emergency last night down in Fayetteville. And as you said, we want to wish great thoughts to him and his family for for a speedy recovery and for everything to be okay with him you you hate to see this happen with anybody but particularly you know someone who appears to be tip-top condition mm -hmm. and that kind of thing i mean it's it's inexplicable how things like that happen sometimes but um we'll certainly be keeping keeping our ears to the ground on that and try to keep you abreast of Kyler's um, condition, hopefully an, an improving condition as he deals with this situation. So um, those are our top stories for now. Again, brought to you by
Piggly Wiggly out at Neely's Mill here in Columbia. And when we come back here on Main Street Sports today, we will be joined by Heather Williams of WCYB-TV out of Johnson City. We'll be talking a little NASCAR, a little NFL, uh, how much of each. Stay tuned and see. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. We thrive under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to the Wild and Wacky edition, Wild and Wacky Wednesday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Wade Neely, Maurice Patton, getting ready to talk a little NASCAR as the 
see the the racing season's crown jewel takes place this weekend the daytona 500 and to talk a little bit about that we have as we do every wednesday heather williams wcyb tv out of johnson city good afternoon heather hello where are you are, are you in daytona i am it's media day let me switch this down the got the red carpet down here and the drivers walking down the down the carpet is a little bit low of the action right now but where i'm sitting right now was completely dead about five minutes ago and now it is all turned turn into ground transition station so apologize for the noise well you know that's kind of the way things work for us it's like you're getting ready to come on so of course let's let's juice things up but um appreciate you taking some time with us um wade one question has been answered no chief's gear no, we had an office pool going, and uh, I would have lost a lot of money on that. So um, I'm wearing a red coat. I just don't have it on at the moment. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that that'll that'll save you from me sending you a bill because uh, uh, I'll mow quite a bit of money after that. I was going to lose that. So Heather, okay, so explain to us. Do you not have gear? Has the gear not arrived? What what what's what's up? So I didn't. I was. As soon as the game was over, I sat down to order it, and then I thought, I'm about to go out of town for a week and a half, and that might just sit on my front porch for that long. So mm. I just decided to wait until I get back from my trip to order the gear. But I've already got about $200 worth of stuff picked out. Makes sense. That makes sense. That's very prudent um, <laughs> in this in this day of porch pirates and the like. So, yeah. Um, Heather, what's, what's, what's the big talk down there on Wednesday? Well, I mean, obviously, everybody is super excited to get back on the track. We qualify later tonight, and that's huge because that sets the first two drivers, the front row, for the 500. So guys are, are super excited about that. And, you know, I guess the biggest talk is, is that there's not a lot of change. There's a handful of new drivers, but not a lot. Um, and, you know, the, even the drivers that stayed in place, there's not a lot of crew chief changes. There's not a lot of... Uh, team changes. So um, everybody is just looking to like build on last year. Everybody is is taking this off season to try to make themselves better. And also a lot of the talk is just about how competitive the garage is. This is probably as deep a 500 field as there has been in a really long time. Um, there are going to be guys that are going to go home just like there were at the clash a couple of weeks ago. Some really good drivers went home. I mean, Jimmy Johnson is a seven-time champion in the sport. He is not locked into the field. He has to race his way in either tonight or tomorrow night. So when you look at that and you think about how deep this field is, it's it's going to be fun to watch. Gearing up for a big weekend, Heather, and I guess for you as a veteran, um, what what kind of goes through your mind uh, other than just excitement, obviously? How do you approach uh, your strategy as, as you kind of try and get everything done this week and, and kind of just put – into a context just how big of an event this is for everybody um nascar fans or not i mean it's really hard to put into uh words how deep this uh <laughs> this is there's a, a a moment going on between a couple drivers right in front of me so i apologize i'm uh, no, 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 distracted no, no. a little bit but um it's just really hard to put the words how big this week is it's way more people that were at the super bowl last week it's uh just electric atmosphere from a prestige point of view, it's as big for this sport as the Super Bowl was last week for that sport. Um, 
And so after coming here for a lot of time, you just want to soak in and enjoy the moment, right? Because every year has a different story. And you, you think you might know what it is going into the year or going into this race, but you never do. It always surprises you, especially Daytona. So just really being present and, and paying attention to what's going on and just enjoying whatever comes of it and each moment that comes up. Yeah, and as we get into uh, race week, uh, I'll keep things positive for now. I do have a negative potential question. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but the, as we glance toward the sky, that's a little bit of a spoiler uh, always at Daytona. But uh, for you personally, what are one or two key storylines that you are potentially most excited about this weekend? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is that where there'll be another upset driver. I mean, this race recently has set itself up to have surprise winners, right? Guys that you don't expect to win, um, jumping in and winning. And so I'm really keeping my eye on that for sure. And then just also, what do the big teams have? You know, because there are so many surprise winners, it's been a long time since Hendrick Cars won this race. You know, Denny Hamlin was pretty dominant for a while, but it's been a couple of years since he's been a player in this race. So what, and I'm gonna have to jump off here in just a second because the driver I need to interview is making his way down the, the red carpet. But that's really what I'm what I'm keeping my eye on. Okay, before we let you go, Heather, two things real quick. Um, tell us about Hendersonville's Josh Berry, what you feel like his um, prospects are this weekend. Good, I mean, as good as anyone. He's in a car that certainly has the capability of winning this race. And so, um, you know, I guess what he's just got to do is just not get into trouble. I mean, that's the key to this race, no matter what, is just staying out of trouble. But Stuart Haas and that four car and, and Josh are certainly capable of finding victory lane. And I think it'd be a pretty good, good story if he did. On air. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, Heather, um, as you yeah, as you look at this season as a whole, who do you um, who do you think comes out on top at the end of this NASCAR oh, Cup race season? I mean, it's so hard to predict, right? Because who had Ryan Blaney last year? I don't think any of us did. There's so many guys that could could be a championship. I mean, you look at just pure numbers. I think Christopher Bell. He uh, He's been in the championship for each of the last two years. He certainly can be a player. I think Kyle Larson. I think Chase uh, Elliott gets back into the mix this year. Uh, obviously, Penske's won the last two straights, so you got to look at those cars. It's just so hard to predict because there are so many things that could go on in this course of a season. Yeah. Yeah, now Chris was trying to say, and I don't know if you heard him, but if you want to conduct that interview right here, feel free. <laughs> okay, because he's about to come. So if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna come along for the ride. No, no, you go right ahead and take care of your <laughs> business, Heather. We appreciate it. We will visit with you next week post Daytona. Have fun down there. We'll talk to you. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Heather. Heather Williams having to cut it short. I hate when work gets in the way of a good time, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't in the uh, studio. That's oh, why so that's why she didn't me. hear you then. But I'm here now, and everyone can probably hear me, so. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because I think that probably would have been better coming from you the first time than from me the second time. But, you know, it, it is, is what it is. Good. The beauty of being live, right? Live is, uh, is always tricky. Hey, and where I was going with this, mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to be the negative Nelly in this situation. Mm -hmm. 
But the, the, forecast. Forecast. the first thing I thought of is what's the weather looking like and the threat of rain on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, according to Fox Weather, I don't know uh, necessarily where everybody gets their weather, but a report from FoxSports.com says Fox Weather predicting a 99% chance of rain Saturday. 99. And then 70. That's Why not go 100, I guess, at that point? I mean, if we're going, go all the way. Yeah, go all right? the way. And then 74% chance of rain on Sunday. And this is a race that kind of feels like uh, we've seen some high-profile weather uh, delays uh, over the years. And I hated to bring it up. I didn't want to, but it was just something that immediately kind of popped out to me. Well, I think it's particularly um, – key in light of the clash not this past weekend but the weekend before having to be moved up right i don't they, think they'll be so moving they can't this up. Hmm? they can't move it up this time because it's going to rain more likely to rain on saturday yeah that's so. a problem yeah it promises to be a little dicey well you also can't move it up because you've got the arca 200 and the um xfinity series both scheduled for Saturday before, you know, the Cup Series race Sunday, 1 o'clock Central start on Fox. So, uh, Also, we, we asked uh, Heather about Josh Berry. Mm -hmm. And if you're into this sort of thing and you believe in these sort of uh, prognostications, Josh Berry, you can find him. Thanks to our friends at Zen Sports. He is listed at 40 to 1. So he is not at the bottom, but he's not right necessarily at the top. So what you're saying is he could be a good investment. Could be some good value on our guy. 40 to 1, you know. Uh, 10 bucks. I'll tell you what, he's better than B.J. McLeod. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. 250 to 1. Uh, yeah, you could, you could throw 10 down on Josh, on the hometown kid. Okay, so. Mm hmm I'm just, I'm just saying, if you are into coincidence, come on. Super Bowl champions were the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm? Of course, as we have all seen, Wade's water bottle. Swifty Nation. Josh Berry graduated Hendersonville With? High School. Oh, baby. Oh, I'm sold. They gra they didn't graduate together, but they did, or did they? Yes, they get out of town. And she didn't sign his yearbook. Did not. Did not. Ooh. Ooh. How do you, how do you know this? Is what I want to know. It's is this widely available, or is this in the Yale uh, <laughs> vault? Washington Post reported it today. Okay. Of course, they reported it from Henderson High School, but just the same. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I, yeah, I don't even. It really, is the Washington Post. So. I was, yeah, there's that. I feel like, call me crazy, but I feel like Taylor will not be at the Daytona 500 cheering on her classmate. Uh, well, Josh if she Bay. didn't sign his yearbook, I think it's pretty safe to say she ain't going to watch him race. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that she's going to be supporting anybody from Hendersonville High School, but that's. Oh really? You know, oh yeah, it's a thing. Oh. She she invited her entire senior class to see her uh, get an award one time because they all bullied her in high school. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, yeah, Josh that, is not a part of that uh, crew. Maybe he can still be in the good graces. That's I that's the level of petty to which I aspire. Ooh, exactly. I'll tell you that. Okay, so Wade, um, you may or may not be aware, but this show is a track house friendly 
yes. show when it comes to NASCAR. Okay. So where do um, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez and Daniel Suarez show up? Chastain listed at twenty-eight to one, along with uh, folks like Martin Truex Jr. and Austin Dillon, and then Suarez fifty to one, uh, along not far off from Barry, obviously, mm -hmm. and then also. Uh, Jimmy Johnson listed at 60 to 1. So, um, well, Heather kind of questioned whether or not he's going to make the field, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, kind of insinuated yeah. as such. Uh, Keslowski uh, loved these random odds 19 to 2. Uh, <laughs> so he is the favorite. So nine and a half to one. Yeah, nine and a half to one. They just had to kind of make you do a little mental hurdle there. Mm -hmm. Kyle Bush 10 to 1. Denny Hamlin 10 to 1. Blaney uh, at 11 to 1. Who's favorite? Uh, Keslowski. Oh, okay. 19 to 2 is the favorite. Yep. And then Stenhouse uh, at 30 to 1. So, I mean, hey, like I said, I, I heard all I needed to hear. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get some Josh Berry action going, thanks to our friends at Zen Sports, because... I'm just saying, the Taylor Swift connection has been pretty impressive this year so far, so... That would be uncanny if that were to actually play out. But the, the folks, stranger uh, things have happened. Yep, and our friends in Hendersonville, they don't know it yet, but we basically just wrote their stories for them if uh, that obviously does come to fruition. We, we just gave them – obviously, you'll write the, the game At recap Sport as it BK. were, but we have, uh, we have some extra content coming for them. Okay, so, so here's my question then. Should this play out, we need to find a Taylor Swift Braves connection. <laughs> That's it. That's what we got to figure out. Yeah, we. Y'all well, sent the picture of her wearing was it? It was uh, the Michigan national champions. Oh, that, uh, that that was a uh, Photoshop. Photoshop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got me a little excited there. <laughs> she oh, wasn't yeah. an early adopter. She was more of a bandwagoner in that Photoshop sense. Yeah, so, yeah. We we can come up with some sort of Braves connection. I'm sure of it. Uh, there's always it's a long season. You know, there's there's things that can pop it, up. Is she playing in Atlanta at some point? <laughs> Probably already uh, has, to the best of my knowledge. But, yeah, yeah we, we need to make something going on. Got to uh, come up with something. I will say this. Daytona is uh, – I am not a huge NASCAR follower or fan by any stretch, but that's the one race that, without question, I'll at least be tuning in, in and out of. Grew up uh, – my mom, Chris Neely, as you said your name was earlier, Mr. Yale <laughs> – uh, no big NASCAR fans. So we always had the races on. And the thing that you got to love about NASCAR is you can pull it up. You can watch the first maybe 30 minutes of it, kind of like golf. Then you can take a go little away, nap. Go away and come back. Yeah, you can take you a little nap, and then you wake up. And, oh, you can just pop right back into it. It's, it's not it's, as if you have to watch every single second. It's kind of like a soap opera. You oh, can yeah. stop watching for a month and a half and still know exactly what's going on when you pick back up. It never fails. Well, and, and the story is so slow. Unless they introduce a new storyline on you while you were out. <laughs> How often does that even happen, though? Yeah. No, but you wake up and you're like, wait, how did Denny Hamlin get out? <laughs> <laughs> Who wrecked Denny? Did yeah. I miss a fight? Well, if somebody wrecked Denny, then you probably did exactly. miss a fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. When we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Again, there was a number retired in the NBA last night. We're going to talk about who retired it, whose it was, and what it means. Stay tuned from the week.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to the Wild and Wacky Wednesday edition of Main Street Sports Today. Wade Neely, Maurice Patton, Chris Yao kind of lurking in the background here. But, um, Wade, some NBA news from last night. The Orlando Magic retired its first number in, what, the 35-year history of the franchise? Sounds about right. And... I came across this. I didn't realize it had taken place until I started seeing some chatter on Twitter, mm-hmm. scrolling through Twitter as I am wont to do. There was a question as to whether or not this number for this player should have been retired by the Orlando Magic because he didn't win anything there. So, so I'll ask you. 
telling you. I'm just telling you what I read. Yeah, you've, I'm doing what you should, should the Orlando Magic have honored Shaquille O'Neal as their first former player to have his number retired? Number one, yes, but <laughs> number two is, I guess, okay, if you're going to go by that logic, if not him, then who? Like, what are, are we just waiting on uh, Wimby to get traded to, uh, to, to Orlando, Orlando and, and then something? win five titles in about 10 years, over the course of the next 10 years? I mean, that's kind of a head-scratcher. And honestly, when I started reading the, uh, the story and seeing the chapter two, I was just kind of shocked to learn that it had not already taken place by now. Uh, just be as honest. we talk about so often with Hall yeah. of Fame inductees. You mean they hadn't already? Yeah, like Mark Gasol is getting his jersey retired by the Grizzlies on April sixth, and just four or five, four years removed from being five years removed from being on the active roster. And Shaq's uh, obviously didn't end his career by any stretch with uh, Orlando, but I mean that, that was a head scratcher to me. And yeah, um, it didn't win anything. Didn't win anything. He was rookie of the year. He took them to the NBA Finals. But they didn't win. Like, like, like they won the Eastern Conference. The whole conference. <laughs> Got him a banner of sorts. In Eastern had they, conference been, had they been to the banner. Finals since? The Magic were 70 and 176 in their first three seasons. Mm-hmm. Went 41 and 41 in Shaq's rookie year. I guess that was 92, 93. It was. Um, 50 and 32 in his second year, making the team's first playoff appearance. 57 and 25 and a spot in the NBA Finals in 94, 95. 60 and 22. 60, still the franchise record for wins. But, in his fourth and final season in Orlando. But they didn't win anything. Didn't win anything. Okay. No rings. And what number did they retire? 32. Do you know why it wasn't 33? Which is what he wore at LSU. At LSU. Mm -hmm. Because University of South Alabama legend Terry Catledge refused to give it to him. <laughs> hmm. Uh, NBA journeyman Terry Catledge was like, nah, bruh, sorry. First round pick, too bad. <laughs> I'm hanging on to that. Hey, 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 dude, let's see. One through five times 10. There's what? There's 50 other, there's 49 other numbers you can choose from. You don't <laughs> have to NBA, be 35. You can have, well, not, I'm not sure I'm then. Sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure then. But that's well, I guess, I guess Dr. J was wearing six. six. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was wide open at that point. Okay, so there's, there's 98 other numbers you can pick from. It'll, you'll be okay, but you ain't getting 33. You ain't getting said 33. Terry, said Carrie Catledge. <laughs> South, South Alabama legend, baby. Yeah, I mean, Mobile is, stand up. Huh? That's a, a hell of a feather in your cap, I guess, and, and if you want to look at it that way. A uh, great party story, if nothing else. Hey, you know what? I refuse to give Shaq my number. <laughs> You probably get some real strange looks when you tell people that, but well, I mean, I guess you could tell people that. But here's the thing, though. It was probably in Shaq's best interest because when he left Orlando, he went to the Lakers. 
Where he also didn't wear 33. Because. <laughs> well, that one wasn't available. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could have said, you know, it's cool if he wears well, it if he wants to. Yeah, but no. So his 34 has been retired by the Lakers and his 32 has been retired by the Heat. So. By, by the way, Terry Catledge played for a friend of the show, Cliff Ellis at USC. Just to bring it all full circle. Well, you know, once, once I messed up the peanut butter and jelly thing when we had him on, I'm done. I'm done with former South Alabama players. But um, Shaq is the third NBA player to have his jersey retired by three franchises. Um, when do Phoenix and Boston stand up? That's the real question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are you waiting on? Boston? <laughs> The Cavs. So when, are, when are the, when are the Cavs well, retiring? He did play with the Cavs. I forgot about it. Phoenix, obviously, the big Shaktus back in the day, <laughs> as he was affectionately known. I think he was kind of on his last legs at that point. But Wilt, number 13, has been retired by the 76ers, the Warriors, and the Lakers. Pete Maravich had his number 44 retired by the Hawks. His number seven was retired by the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans, which is really cool because he never played for them, but it's retired in New Orleans because of his Louisiana connections, having played for the then New Orleans Jazz and, of course, LSU, bringing it full circle. Talking about a couple of, well, arguably, LSU's two best, right? I mean, unless you want to throw Bob Pettit. I don't think he's in that. I mean, he's a great player, but you're talking about the greatest college basketball player of all time, potentially, in Pete Maravich. And I don't think there's anybody that would tell you any differently. And then Shaquille O'Neal, who, you know, I'm was sure the UPI player of the year, AP player of the year. I mean, all two-time All-American. Yeah, I, I don't think – I think that's one and two, sure. I'm sure someone has done it, but it would be wild to go back and watch every Pete Maravich game and see if there had been a three-point line, what his numbers would have been. Surely somebody has uh, feel gone back and yeah. pulled that. Uh, my question is, to kind of get back with the magic here, is now – Who next? Yeah, and, you know, obviously the immediate thought is Penny Hardaway. And so uh, playing from them from 93 to 99, kind of right in that sweet spot there, mm -hmm. he would be the natural next person. But does that happen if there was kind of a little resistance to even put Shaq uh, jersey? I don't know that there was resistance necessarily. It was just, <laughs> it's just idiots on social media. Yeah, and uh, haters going to hate type situation, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Haters it, ball. You know how it is. Every time anything happens, there's got to be some naysayer out there, you know, talking trash. And this was no different. So, but yeah, congratulations to the big Aristotle. Man, and that was, I mean, you know, NBA Jam. That was as my early childhood. That was the epitome of cool, that team with him and Penny. Uh, and, and obviously not winning the championship, but they had some electric seasons and just kind of that sweet spot where the NBA culture was just off the charts back in the day. 
Get me in my feels a little bit on a wild Mackey oh, Wednesday. Absolutely. This um, this Associated Press article talks about um, all the stories that were being told last night during the ceremony, and I'm sure before and after. Y'all remember when he got to Orlando wearing Mickey Mouse ears? I read that in the story, and I didn't immediately recall. I was seven. See, there you go. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, this is funny. Um, his first few months in Orlando were spent living in an airport hotel with his entire family. By the time Dennis Scott explained to him that he needed to buy a house, he had run up a $900,000 hotel bill. Should have bought that house. Mm-hmm. Could have bought the house. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess living in a hotel has its advantages. Yeah, no power bill. No cable bill, free HBO back then, I'm sure. The bed could have been a bit of an issue for, for the big Shaktus. Uh, I imagine they took care of that. Hopefully. Otherwise, the visual on that with the, yeah, the yeah. visual on that is hilarious. Like otherwise. Ford Theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Despite playing 295 regular season games in Orlando, he's still more than what? 25, almost 30 years later, he is still sixth on the franchise's all-time scoring list and third in all-time rebounds. Now, that is pretty mind-blowing. Uh, such a short tenure and then to still rank as high as he is on the, on the list. Yeah. So, um, again, congratulations to Shaq. That's, that's a huge honor. I don't care what anybody says. We were uh, talking about other possible jersey retirements. I am – Compelled to point out that I don't know if Nick Anderson's jersey will get retired in Orlando. I don't know. Uh, I can, yeah, I can understand your. Times heals all, a lot of people say, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm not. Things didn't end so well. I'm not necessarily yeah. holding my breath yeah. on, uh, on You know, that Dennis Scott, maybe. Perhaps. Uh, but I, I think, like you said, I think Penny is probably the clear cut. Obvious favorite, yeah. So and kind of like, uh, not to go full Grizzlies homer, but kind of in that same mold, they've retired the uh, jerseys of Tony Allen, Marcus Gasol, as I mentioned, coming up April sixth, and Zach Randolph already in there. So it's kind of those three were all in that golden era of mm-hmm. Grizzlies basketball. So we don't kind of same, yeah. same concept with Orlando. And if you got to throw really, Shaq in, throw Penny in. And there's not really been a golden era of Magic's basketball since. So, I mean, Jameer Nelson, he had a couple good teams, uh, but obviously not reaching the heights. Uh, that, well, I mean, and getting and, to the finals, obviously. And again, if you're going to talk about he didn't win anything, then that pretty well applies to anybody yeah. with that franchise, right? The one guy you could also maybe, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, we're probably talking years down the road, but you maybe could throw a uh, sniff to Dwight Howard, who kind of, that was kind of cool because he obviously was playing at a crazy high level at that point in his career. Just the kind of unique parallels of this kind of not generational because he never reached that height per se, but him kind of taking that mantle from Shaq to an extent and continuing that uh, really dominant big man role. So it was kind of fun to watch, but he might be another guy to keep keep in, uh, in the back of your brain there. You know, I was making fun of Terry Catledge, but he had, <laughs> he's, he's been Googling for the last 10 minutes here. points a game. For how long? Four seasons for the Magic. How long did he play in the league? 
a while. He played uh-huh. for Washington, Philadelphia. Didn't he play for Milwaukee at one time? Uh, hold on. Let's just go to his basketball reference. Yeah, I'm pulling it up too. And, buddy, there are some teams on here. Not necessarily NBA teams, but there are some interesting uh, team uh, names just, on just here. Philadelphia in 85-86, Washington Bullets at the time, and then mm-hmm. Orlando. But hmm. – but as I'm looking through, because I was looking through, like, who who else could they? Because, again, there haven't been a lot of great players over the years. Uh, 15 points a game would rank him in the top three or four uh, points per game by a player in, in Orlando. In Orlando. Uh, Dennis Scott, only 14.8. So, and he, you know – Shaq was obviously the most, 27 mm-hmm. points a game. But, like. So, what you're telling me is you might see 32 and 33 hanging out. I'm from just saying if, if, if they're just going to start retiring numbers to retire numbers, then maybe. I don't. I, Ron, you, Mer- you, Ron Mercer averaged 15.2. You, you might need. T-Mac. T-Mac. How did that, we get Tracy McGrady? T Mac and Howard are the two in kind of the modern era that I think will probably end up getting pretty considerable. How did it take us this long to come up with Tracy McGrady? It's a good thought. And he played there 01 to 04, so what, three seasons? About the same as Shaq, a little bit, you know, one season fewer, yeah. right? So, I mean, I, yeah, I think you could probably do T Mac. But wow. that would be about it. I mean, the rest of them. Who knows? Not a whole lot to choose from. Not a whole lot. Again, so be grateful you at least got one in the uh, Is there another Raptors player fans. in the entire NBA who could potentially have their jersey retired by, by one team? Because my thought was Vince Carter. But I'm not sure Vince was great with more than one team. Well, I'm sure LeBron's eventually. Yeah, yeah LeBron obviously will have. May have heard of him, yeah. Who? LeBron James. He said you may have heard of him. Yeah. Well, I mean. Cleveland, Miami, Lakers. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard, perhaps. Ooh. Uh, Maybe. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I know. Talk about a brief tenure, but he does bring a title to Toronto. Obviously, you're thinking of him for maybe almost not a lock, but close to a lock with the Spurs. I don't know, though, because – Things got kind of a little sideways by the time he left San Antonio. Ooh. Kawhi Leonard might be the first player that uh, would actively decline his jersey being mm. retired. Just because he's, yeah, he's that I'm, unusual. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know what? I'm good. So I'm just going to throw this out there because I didn't realize this, but uh, Shaq does not have the record for most points per game. Oh, wait. Sorry. That was the wrong thing. Uh, Horace Grant. Hmm. Could be a a candidate. candidate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think we. I don't know how many how many players could potentially see three teams retire their jersey. Yeah, and, and as I'm thinking through this, you know, KG with the Celtics and the Timberwolves, but he didn't play for a third team. Right. Um, uh, Ray Allen, Celtics, Heat. Timberwolves? Mate, did, did he play? <clears throat> I mean, would Ray Allen be in that potential, you know, option? Jordan? He played for two. Yeah, but. But not for three. 
I'm not sure his Wizards tenure was. Yeah, but it's the Wizards. Number retireable. He averaged twenty plus a game, and it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, it's more the second than yeah. the first. <laughs> sure, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ray Allen, Seattle. Seattle. So yeah, well, there, there, there's a problem with Seattle retiring his number. Is that they don't have a team? That's true. I mean, I guess the the Thunder could could throw thirty four up there. Wow, how messed up with that? Or twenty? Was he? Tw he was twenty with the Celtics. But yeah, that, I mean, he, is Ray Allen a candidate? I mean, he, he won a championship with. Two of those, three, and he was the best player on Seattle's team outside of, I guess, Sean Kemp. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway. You think he's a candidate? Yeah. If Seattle was ever in a position to <laughs> retire a number, yeah. <laughs> retire one, yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway. All right. Hey, one hour down, one hour to go. We are officially at the top of the hump here on Hump Day. Wild and Wacky Wednesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we come back, NashvilleHoops.blog, Joe Sullivan will be joining us, and I'll be interested to see if he's wearing black in mourning for the Sycamores. Stay tuned. We thrive under the lights. A city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I'm like, apologies in advance. It sounds like... CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. Yeah, I miss the radio too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach. Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving Gotta love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone Hump day. 
Here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, we're coming to you from the Lee Company Studios here in Columbia. Wade Neely, Maurice Patton, Chris Yao has dipped out of the studio inexplicably. I guess he'll be back at some point. Maybe. You know, just kind of does what he wants to. If we lock the door, I feel pretty confident. Hello. Yep. Yeah, but we need him for that last segment. He is the well, he's the glue that kind of holds the wild and wacky he, together. He is wild and wacky. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. So it's, we will at least have to have him for that later. It's just not the same without him. Um, Wednesdays aren't the same without Joe Sullivan keeping us up to date on local college basketball. He joins us now. Coach Sullivan. Good afternoon, fellas. How are you? <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm doing great, uh, though I did to hear your, uh, you set me up with the Indiana State uh, 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 morning and morning about mm -hmm. Indiana State. And it's, uh, you know, it's uh, like I, uh, I, I, I sent a text to, to Chris uh, yesterday. This is why we can't have nice things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is, yep. yeah, I mean, it's such a shame that uh, they had to pick uh, – the first day they're in the top 25 to play their worst game of the year and just shoot the ball horribly. And I had to look this up. Some freshman, Johnny Kinzinger from Illinois State, scored 31. I saw Illinois State play against Belmont. I had to look him up. He was scoreless against Belmont. So uh, <laughs> I, think, I, I think, you know, some circumstances had to come together to uh, make things horrible for Indiana State last night. And they did. And, and their coach, uh, Josh Schertzer, you know, I think a lot of uh, was right at them saying how they uh, they let it get to their heads. They thought uh, this is the end of the line, and it's not. And uh, so let's see what they do from here. And But that's the end of them in the top 25. They'll never get ranked again now. Yeah, and, and that's unfortunate that it's that the that the margin of error is that slim for them and for teams like that. But you know, any, it team was, can, any team can have a bad night, Mo. Look at Texas A&M. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Hello. That's, that's a tough sequence for Texas A&M because they just hammered UT out in College Station on Saturday night. And then they come to Memorial Gym and get Memorial magic maybe, because <laughs> that, that final sequence there, I mean... Ezra Magnon gets into the paint with Vanderbilt down one, puts up a shot, gets it blocked, catches it, and throws up something with the left, just trying to get something up there. And lo and behold, if it doesn't fall, and that was... my vantage point in Vanderbilt, Mo, I'm, I know you're familiar with it. Uh, mm -hmm. You're up in what they call the crow's nest. The crow's you're nest. Up, mm -hmm. You're in the ceiling, basically, overlooking the court. And uh, with these uh, very uh, uh, old, 71-year-old uh, pair of eyes, that play transpired. And I went, he walked, he walked. I started screaming. He walked, didn't he walk? Wait. And I'm hitting the guy next to me, little Joey Dwyer. I said, did he walk, Joey? Yeah, it was a walk, wasn't it? And it wasn't until the uh, press conference that uh, Ezra told us that the ball was tipped back to him when he shot mm -hmm. it, and he, which is amazing that he could catch it and then shoot it again. That uh, Shows what tremendous hand-eye coordination he must have to be able to do that. Absolutely. That was um, 
that was as exciting a sequence as we've seen at Memorial Gym in a long time, I think. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I don't know what the attendance was last night, but um, those that were there to see it saw a good one. Well, we could classify it as poor, uh, and, and we it, that would cover it. Uh, very few people there, uh, and the place was quiet. You could hear balls bouncing and sneakers squeaking, uh, and uh, it... it uh, it was really empty and quiet until the end. And suddenly there were Vanderbilt fans uh, alive at the end, but it took that long to get there. Uh, um, the thing is, I mean, Vanderbilt was in that game pretty mm -hmm. much for the entire 40 minutes. I was fortunate enough to actually be able to watch a pretty good bit of it. And um, I think I shot Yao a screenshot when it was 24-21 Vanderbilt. And I'm like, seriously? Because again, a&M just could do no wrong in that win Saturday night against then sixth-ranked Tennessee. And I don't know, Joe, is this just more of the road playing out in yeah. college basketball? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is uh, the parody of the game. I, I, I believe that there's a statistic that's been quoted recently by a lot of people that uh, top – 10 teams and this is on the road uh this year have lost at a higher rate uh than than ever before uh so these are and th that doesn't apply to texas a&m vanderbilt obviously but uh it's 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 a uh, symptom of the same disease uh winning on the road is hard uh texas a&m's had some bad luck which uh, buzz williams uh, eloquently recounted in his post-game press conference They've lost at least uh, this is the third game they've lost right at the end, all on the road, all in the league. So uh, it's it's tough out there. Yeah, Joe, um, we had some technical difficulties just then and kind of lost you momentarily, or we were lost, I guess, momentarily. But um, So I should I, repeat what I said. No, no, that's fine. I got a pretty good idea. You were talking about the parity in the game, and even – a team like a Vanderbilt and, and when you consider how other coaches in the Southeastern Conference consider Jerry Stackhouse and his coaching acumen, mm -hmm. it, it's not necessarily a shock to see Vanderbilt pop up and, and get somebody even as badly as the season has gone for them. Obviously, a lot of things right. have to go right for them. Some of us are not shocked that Vanderbilt got one they shouldn't have. Uh, it, Chris is right. He's, he predicted this. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad he got back in. You didn't lock the door. Uh, it, it is uh, after the game. Buzz Williams, who was very good in the press conference uh, for a losing coach, I just I I, I admire that. And uh, uh, he again, like others before him, have credited Stackhouse with what he considers uh, excellent strategy, how he uh, plays his team and. Uh, it makes it difficult to prepare for as far as he's concerned. So uh, a lot of praise for Stackhouse from Buzz Williams last night at the highest level. Uh, and uh, I don't know what that's going to mean in the long run for Vanderbilt and Jerry Stackhouse because uh, mm. I, I doubt one win over Texas A&M is going to change the way the tide is moving, the current is moving uh, in terms of what this season, uh, how you evaluate this season. Joe, let's keep things uh, – and, and, yeah, you make a great point because uh, 
as big of a win as it does feel like it was, uh, is it, is it going to be enough to really kind of move the needle uh, going forward would be my question. Uh, keeping things local just real quick as we're kind of glancing through Nashville Hoopstop blog. Uh, Jaron Boyd, obviously a massive loss for Lipscomb. And, and on this show last week when you joined us, we were talking about how Lipscomb really can maybe kind of start making a, a real run at this thing. And if you would just kind of, obviously it's a huge loss, but kind of just maybe elaborate and just kind of put it into context how big of a departure this is going to be for, for the Bisons here. Yeah, it completely it could ruin the rest of the season for Lipscomb to, to put it bluntly, and I and I do want to uh, if a little uh, website promotion here, uh, it, Nashville Hoop Stop blog is the only place you would read to know that he got hurt, and also what the injury was when when it was finally announced. Uh, I mean that's the state of uh, sort of local mm-hmm. how local basketball is covered these days, uh, but uh, I it still has you know I haven't read it anywhere else. Uh, and we're, we're happy to do that. But anyway, poor Darian Boyd, I want to tell you a story. After he got hurt on Saturday, he went crumbled under the basket, had to be helped off, went to the locker room, came out, at, and this was a terrific game against Kennesaw, a uh, high-scoring game. He came out and watched the end of the game sitting in a chair with a big brace on his leg. And after the game, there was a uh, – uh, it was uh, autograph day for young children to come up to the players. And there's Darian standing signing autographs after the wow. game wearing his brace after that, that he so i went and i was talking to him about it and he said he was going to do the autographs and i said what kind of pain you're in he said i'd say about a six out of ten and uh and they said they told me it's a strained acl and of course they found out after the mri that it was a torn acl he's out for the year he has another year of eligibility left but really now it, He's at a point where if you talk, that's a, a it takes a, unless you're Wes Welker, miracle worker mm-hmm. uh, for the Patriots back in a few years ago, that's, that's a 12 month recovery. So I'm not sure what, where that leaves him uh, in terms of his basketball career at Lipscomb. I think it leaves Lipscomb uh, who had a chance to win the Atlantic sun probably won't now. That would really yeah. be an upset they did. That's really unfortunate for Darian, who lost some time earlier this year with, what, a thumb injury, I guess Yeah, it was, it was a broken thumb. He had surgery on that, too. So he's uh, he's had a rough year. He has had a rough year, and as a result, Lipscomb's had a rough year. Yeah, it's true. Well, they, you know, right now they're not bad. They're still, they're still in, there in third place. Uh, is If uh, they can somehow keep it together, we shouldn't rule them out. Uh, I think a key player for them will be this freshman, Cody Head, who uh, has had a good year, averaging about a little bit less than eight points a game. This is uh, Lenny A. Cuff is going to have to put him in the lineup, I think, and let him go to try to – they're going to need points because Darian was their leading scorer. Other game uh, of local interest, we talked about it in our rundown. Uh, TSU, a team that we maybe potentially saw some things maybe trending in the right direction, really kind of seems like they stubbed their toe last night at Tennessee Tech. Well, it's a good thing Vanderbilt won. This really would be a depressing segment. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that, that it, you know, so I was driving home from Vanderbilt and I put on the uh, the radio broadcast and uh, Greg Pogue, like, announces like a layup for Tennessee Tech. And he goes, I put, that's a 20 to three stretch for Tennessee Tech. They're up 17. I go, what? How's that even possible? And then later on, he's, he said, this looks like a tired team. Uh, mm. uh, and I guess, you know, Greg sees them all the time. We certainly could trust his judgment. And uh, uh, that's it's just unfortunate and disappointing for the team, for Penny Collins, for their fans. 
they were in a position to do something. That that second place finish is huge in the Ohio Valley Conference because you get a bye to the tournament semifinals, and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, they had a, you got to win that Tennessee State is at the bottom of the standings. They've got Western Illinois at home on the, and the first of three games at home starting Saturday. We'll see how they react to it. Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And Joe, um, you know, we were, um, Middle Tennessee State was kind of our whipping boy there for for a little bit during this segment. Um, But as we were talking. And then I showed up to the Jacksonville State game and the season turned around. (laughs) If there is ever an opportunity for Chris to take credit for something, he's going to do it, and this is no <laughs> different. Middle has won, what, five of their last six, I think, starting with that Jacksonville State win over at the Glass House? I mean, I don't, as you were saying about Vanderbilt, I don't know what it portends going forward, but got to enjoy what they're doing right now. Uh, you're much more positive than I am, Mo, but I can understand that's your alma mater. It's... Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, I got to find something, you know. Uh, I, I think uh, they have New Mexico State and UTEP coming into uh, the Murphy Center this Thursday and Saturday. They have uh, nine wins now, and I, I think I I said last week I don't think they'll get the 10. I think I'm going to stick with that. I don't think they're going to get the 10. I think they found a willing victim on Saturday in Florida <laughs> International and handed the game over. So uh, I, I, I would really be surprised. Yeah, you know, we we talked to Chip Walters, the, vo- the Blue Raider voice, yesterday, as we do yeah. every Tuesday, and he mentioned that UTEP is number one in forced turnovers. Yes. Yes, and yeah, they forced like twenty-seven on when they played the game in El Paso against. Them, and so. and again, you know, UTEP forces a lot of turnovers. Middle commits a lot of turnovers, so I mean, it's it's. Not a great recipe for Saturday night, and um, I don't know that tomorrow night against New Mexico State gets any better, like you said, as they try to reach that double-digit win total. Well, I hope I'm wrong again. That would, yeah. uh, that would give you a reason not to have me on. I'm wrong too much, but uh, maybe you would have me on just because uh, uh, middle is doing well. We can talk in the positive. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think – it's a matter of being wrong so much as it is, you know, you never know what's going to happen with 19, 20, 21 year olds yeah. from, from one night to the next necessarily. But um, yeah, certainly looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, Joe, I think we would probably be remiss if before we let you go, we didn't ask you your thoughts from your Boston background from your New England Patriot background, your thoughts about Dante Hightower joining Gerard Mayo's coaching staff? Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. The former teammates, and uh, I, I think uh, uh, Hightower was acknowledged as a cerebral player, someone who was uh, counted on to uh, be a good leader, also. So th- this makes sense to me. And uh, uh, it's, it, his staff, as he's compiling, is very young, by the way. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, you do, he might now look to some more veteran type assistant coaches. He's, he's hired a lot of young guys, but uh, uh, I, you know, Hightower is a, a logical candidate to become a coach, I would think, based on what we know about him as a player. Okay. All right. We, um, 
you know, he's from Lewisburg right down the road here. And so got a little interest in him. But as Wade and I were saying yesterday when we discussed this, he had kind of fallen off of the radar a little bit. I think he was just kind of settling into a quiet life back in his hometown oh, before really? this came up. But so it's the um, vibe that we were kind of picking up on didn't really uh, that's what kind of floored me by the news was wasn't as if he was linked, you know, to uh, a dozen or half a dozen coaching potential mm -hmm. vacancies. He kind of just popped up out of nowhere with this. And I think it's a great fit, obviously, but uh, kind of took me by surprise just a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I must admit, I didn't know what he was doing. And this makes it seem unusual for sure that he's coming from uh, not coaching into being an assistant coach at the NFL. Sure. And I guess that was my my takeaway yesterday or going into the story was uh, you weren't hearing a lot of leaks that, hey, he's desperately trying to get on a staff or, you know, he's trying to go back to Alabama and maybe get a coaching or position there. And then just it, it kind of popped up uh, beautifully uh, with the Patriots there. And I thought Mo was going to go this direction. I want to ask you real quick, Joe, uh, in terms of the Boston framework, how nervous are the Patriots fans as Mahomes keeps racking up these Super Bowls here and the Chiefs keep winning Super Bowls, about the legacy of uh, Belichick and Brady there, what's the temperature meter there? Uh, well, uh, I would think they'd be very protective of it and uh, and also uh, very reluctant to acknowledge that they would uh, approach the same level. That's that, that's the uh, how I understand Patriot fans, the ones I know. And uh, it is... Uh, I think they still have a little ways to go before they're going to match that. They got a few more to do. So I think they feel pretty safe in addition to that. that they, they're not panicking just know, yet. It always like. know, I'm sorry, wait, what? Uh, I was going to say, they're not panicking all just just yet. Oh, uh, they got a couple no, more they, seasons there. Arrogance and smugness would be the, uh, <laughs> would be the type yep. of uh, <laughs> description you would, you would get from that. And always remember this about Tom Brady. He, he he will always get credit when he, he maybe he doesn't even deserve it. So uh, I, I doubt people will uh, uh, ever uh, take the, the GOAT title away from him that they seem to have bestowed upon him. <laughs> Joe Sullivan, <laughs> NashvilleHoops.blog, joining us as he does every Wednesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and & Joint. And, hey, just want to mention – if you like college basketball, be sure and join us tomorrow at 3 o'clock when we will be joined by CBSSports.com bracketologist Jerry Palm. He's going to be with us every Thursday between now and Selection Sunday, giving us his thoughts on what the tournament field is going to look like once we get to March Madness. But, Joe, appreciate you, and we will be keeping – just want to tell the fans that tonight at Belmont, Xavier Johnson, the second leading scorer in the country, is playing against Belmont for Southern Illinois. So we didn't get to that. So it's we did uh, not get to that. Yeah, that's and, you know, if you want to go see a really good player, he's at he's at the curb tonight. There you go. Get out to the curb. What is that? A six thirty. Yeah, six thirty. Joe will be there. You should be too. Hey, Joe, appreciate Thanks you for having me on. Thank you, Joe. All right. Hey, when we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, well, the last segment will be Wild and Wacky Wednesday. The segment before, which will be the next segment, will be the grab bag, and apparently we just picked up another Put one item yeah. for said bag. So stay with us here in the Lee Company studios. We will be right back.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. We thrive under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Wild and Wacky Wednesday. The weirdest and wildest news from across the world and Walker County, Alabama, as well as Arizona. Pay teachers. Just going to leave that at that. Anyway, um, Google it. You'll figure it out. Um, it's the grab bag. And as we said, we just got another item for it as we were going into the break. Steve Wilkes fired as 49ers Defensive coordinator after one season, it just ended up not, it just ended up being not the right fit, is the headline on yahoosports.com. It ended up being not the right fit after the 49ers went to the Super Bowl and lost 
by a field goal in overtime. Can't win with this guy. Gave up too many points to maybe one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, you know, we can't, we just can't, I know, overtime, doesn't matter. We just got to get rid of this guy, it sounds like. Talk about a kind of a shocking, uh, seems, seems like a knee-jerk reaction to me. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, we felt pretty strongly that this was the decision that was best for our organization. Even though it was one I didn't want to make, it was something that I, that once I realized that a different direction was what's best for our organization, it's something that I have to do. Translated, I can't fire myself, so I got to fire somebody on the defensive side of the ball. Somebody got to go, and it ain't going to be me, at least right now. I thought they're one of the reasons that we got this far, Shanahan said Monday, regarding the defense. I thought they did a number of good things. They did a lot of good things in that game, too, just like our whole team. Our team did a bunch of good things this year, but came up short in the last game. Defensive end Nick Bosa said the unit could have been more prepared for zone read plays that Patrick Mahomes successfully executed on short yarded situations late in the game. You kind of have to anticipate Mahomes wanting to have the ball in his hands. We played plenty of read option teams, so we have the answers for it, but it's tough when you play a team like that that can beat you in all kinds of different ways. It ended up being very big moments where they did pull it out. We'll learn from it. Shanahan himself said a timeout he was forced to use with 2.48 left in overtime was due to a defensive call he didn't like from Wilkes. Didn't like the look the defense was in, and some of our players looked a little gassed. Hmm. Wow. I mean, what the defense, like you said, one of the reasons not only uh, the Super Bowl was close, but also the, how they got to the Super Bowl. I mean, mm, mm, mm. You know, I, I really hate to go here, but I'm going to go here. Buckle up. Apparently, well. apparently, the 49ers were under fire from the rest of the NFL here in the last two or three weeks, I guess, because the NFL has a, A situation in place where if you have a coach hired for a better position or if you have a front office person hired for a better position by another team and they are a minority, you get a compensation pick in the draft. And the 40, this had happened quite a bit here over the last two or three years with the 49ers. I wonder if this has any kind of relation to that. I'm not sure, but obviously you had D'Amico there and uh, Sala from the Jets prior. Um, uh, you so also had Rand Carthon there. Also ran. I mean, this is, uh, this is kind of a head-scratcher that uh, just coming across the wire here this afternoon. And... Mm. And, and the quotes are just what's odd is uh, kind of a very much pat on the back, but we'll see you later. Um, instead of just a no comment, we just kind of throw a lot of praise out there, but we're also happy trails.
Last Wednesday on Yahoo Sports, 49er compensation picks from diverse hires have reportedly led other team owners to complain to NFL. Well, you know how to get comp picks for yourself? It's very simple. Make diverse hires. If I mean, it's clearly working for the 49ers. Not only do they have, not only are they getting more picks, but they're in the Super Bowl. So either you guys just stink at identifying can, uh, talented candidates or you're not trying, one or the other. San Francisco received, well, had seven compensatory picks in the 2023 draft. Three of them were third round selections granted via the league's minority hiring incentive. Um, I believe Brock Purdy was a compensatory pick from 2022. Yep. So was linebacker Dre, Dre Greenlaw, who got hurt mm -hmm. Sunday night, and safety Talanoa Huffnega. Um, Say that one three times fast. No, nah, once is enough. Um, Martin Mayhew was hired from San Francisco to become the commander's GM. Mike McDaniel left the 49ers to become the Dolphins head coach. Rand Carthon, D'Amico Ryans, Robert Saleh, as you mentioned, Wade. Um, and the 49ers received compensatory picks for all of those moves. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if, they're, if those are related to today's news or not. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm just trying to make sense of Steve Wilkes getting dismissed as defensive coordinator after getting dismissed at Arizona after not getting a shot at the permanent coaching position in Carolina after the success he had in the interim role, especially mm -hmm. with what happened with the guy that they did ultimately hire to that position. Yeah, that dude. He may just want to go open a UPS somewhere and be done with football. I don't know. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Speaking of firings, earlier today, Ohio State fires Chris Holtman in midst of seventh season as men's basketball coach. Um, he was 137 and 86 over, I guess, six plus seasons. Never made it out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Including as a two-seed once. Mm. Did he lose to a 15 or yeah. a – he lost to a 15? Oh. Yeah. What are they now? I, I wanted to uh, – uh, they're not very good. 14-11. I wanted to ask Joe Sullivan which mid-major coach was going to get that job. <laughs> It'll be interesting. They've got a new AD, right? Ross Bjork. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he officially starts July 1st, but mm -hmm. um, apparently he's coming on at the 1st of March in an interim role to, as senior advisor to the resigning, retiring, so, departing Gene Smith. So wait, did, <laughs> did Gene Smith fire this guy? I don't know who fired him. Uh, well, I guess it was. 
I want to express my appreciation toward Chris for the first class program and the well-respected program he has run here at Ohio State. OSU Athletic Director Gene Smith said in a statement. He and his wife, Lori, are wonderful people. I thank each of them for their seven years here in Columbus, and I wish them well. <laughs> Bjork. <laughs> Bjork's team lost to Vanderbilt last night, and he called, he called Ohio State fired their coach. Power moves. Chess moves. That is wild. Well, at the same time Bjork's Texas A&M team was losing at Vanderbilt, Ohio State was losing at Wisconsin, 62-54. Number 20, Wisconsin. I was going to say, that's not even a bad, bad loss. loss. No. That's, that's okay. But they're 4-10 and 10 in the Big Ten and only a game out of last that, place. That reminds me of that old saying that uh, Michigan cheated so bad that uh, Toledo's on probation. <laughs> Or whatever. No, it's Kentucky pissed off the NCAA so bad that they put Cleveland State on probation. <laughs> <Cleveland State. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, man, you know so what? Good. Chris Holtman getting some lovely pardon gifts, though. I bet he is. 12.8. That's a decent chunk of change. Chris Holtman is now channeling Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Which door do you want me to walk out of? When, when, when you want me to go. Me to go. That's mm -hmm. it. That's it. Uh, yeah. So Ohio State, they uh, – uh, He's got plenty of time to spend $12.8 million now. He can, he, can, he can throw a dart on a map. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Him and Jimbo could be down in the uh, – mm. off, <laughs> off the shores of the Atlantic fishing for a little bit. For a lot bit. <laughs> exactly. So the obvious question is, after you hire Holtman from Butler, uh, who replaced Thad Mata uh, most recently from then, from Xavier, but uh, mm -hmm. was at Butler before, Mata is now back at Butler. Do you just bring him back too uh, at OSU? Is Bjork going to make a play to try him? Uh, Bjork's going to go get somebody. Right. Yeah, that's, why, that's why I'm wondering. I mean, Because here's the thing. Next year you got to deal with UCLA. USC, USC Oregon, Oregon. Yeah, you got to go get somebody. You can't. You can't hire a mid-major coach. If, if I mean, if if you are legitimately wanting to if compete in, yeah. the, in the new Big Ten. Okay, so so Bjork is coming to Ohio State from where? I, I mean, is Buzz Williams an option? He plays great. I mean, defense. that's who I was literally about to say. <laughs> he plays great defense. Ohio State's got the pockets. Oh. If they can pay, if they can pay a basketball twelve basketball coach twelve point eight million to go to away, coach, yeah. they got the pockets. Yep. So yeah, this seems like they're ready to potentially make a splash. The timing sets up perfectly, right? New AD, new conference, new conference of, in in that context, and so why not make a splash? I don't know who the splash is though. Well, Buzz is pretty splashy, I think, coming from the SEC. Well, and the other thing, obviously, Big Ten looks down on the SEC though, basketball-wise. They don't. They, they would see that as they wouldn't see that as a as a big thing. Well, the, the I, other I don't think. I mean, I don't, mm -hmm. the the other realm of all this, obviously, with this sport in particular, is do you just? I mean, who knows? Because there's going to be one team or one coach for sure that makes a crazy run during March Madness. Mm. That's going to end up somewhere. Yeah, but and I then think that sets off a domino effect. I think you got to look out, particularly if you're an Ohio State or a power 
Five, four, how many? Uh, in basketball, there's at least five because I, th I I think the Big East is a power conference. Okay, if if I think you got to look out for that flavor of the day NCAA hot coach because we've seen that Until you go. Get Chris Holtman. We, yeah, we've seen that go badly a lot more often when, than we've seen it work. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember Stan Heath getting the Arkansas gig after um, his run. Right. At, yeah, mm -hmm. there we go. I knew it was a MAC team. I couldn't remember which one and did not work. So. I don't know. It, I, I mean, you know, we talk about this in football a lot, but I, I don't know who the – who the splash hire would be. And here's the thing. Mick Cronin may be available, by the way. Oh, I think UCLA folks would probably pay you hey, to take Exactly, that's Mick what I'm Cronin. saying. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Mick Cronin may be an option. But here's the thing, and Wade, you being a Michigan fan, is Ohio State getting out ahead of Michigan? Yeah, I mean, that's what was racing through my mind. Uh, is uh, Ward Manuel, the AD for Michigan, just came out with a statement uh, earlier this week saying that he's got Juwan's back and it wants things oh, to work out, which we know is about as not, uh, much not of the a vote of confidence, about as much of a death <laughs> sentence as you can really get. Not the vote of confidence, no. So yeah, it looks like we're trending toward uh, the rivalry kind of continuing just in a different capacity here. It's going to see who can make the splashier hire uh, on the hardwood. You would assume they play in a couple weeks. One playing with an interim both, coach and the other one playing with a dead man walking. Huh? Very much could be uh, looking at a dual interim coach type situation. If uh, Associate if coach Jake Diebler will take over for Holtman on an interim basis. Bjork will head up the search, which makes sense. Um, according to CBS Sports, Holtman not long ago considered one of the top 10 coaches in college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you? <laughs> Which I mean, sure they they've been they they have been very good. They just they, they've not had any success in the, in the NCAA tournament. And I, I mean, you can make of that what you will. But Ohio State nine and twenty five in the Big Ten since the start of the twenty two twenty three season. And that's the interesting uh, thing to Yao's point. This sport, more than any other sport, it's so postseason driven. And we've seen coaches that have had outstanding programs that just for whatever reason could not get off the schneid in terms of winning a couple games or making that deep run that's kind of needed. And that's enough to get you out, uh, no matter how big the school is, um, at the college basketball level. Hmm. <clears throat> Last, last Sweet 16, like we've, we also touched, they had a stretch there. 10, 11, 12, and 13, they go to Sweet 16, and then crickets ever since. Is this a race to see who's first to Shaka Smart? Who's killing it in my crew? I don't know. I, you know, Shaka. Things didn't go so well at Texas. Yeah, and he's doing such a good job. Uh, you know, I got two names. What? Are you? Lamont Paris. Jackpot. I think that would be a home run. And I think he's got ties. I think he came from up that way to chat. Uh, he's mentioned. a native of 
our friends at Treveca rival Findlay. All I'm going to say is if you Google Lamont Paris, there's already an article up from the Columbus <laughs> Dispatch says Lamont Paris, Sean Miller, and other Ohio State candidates. He is the first name mentioned in the Columbus wow. Dispatch at this moment. Mm. Leader in the clubhouse. What about Dusty May from Florida Atlantic? You know, if Dusty May didn't leave last year, why is he going to leave? Well, the only reason he's on this list also. He didn't leave last year because he had literally every single player coming back and was like, crap, let's run it back. But he did get a – he got a pretty good raise and they're they're building those facilities down there, you know, for him. and, And it's still Boca. <laughs> that ain't gonna remember that. You. It's still you Columbus, Ohio is not Boca. No, it's not. <laughs> so I'm but, just saying. But if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times at least. You can stay too long. Yeah. That is a fact. Anyway, I just I, I, Lamont Paris makes the most sense, and I think that it would be a grand slam hire. I don't know if it makes the most sense, but it makes a lot of sense. Wow. Other names on this list from the dispatch. We mentioned Dusty May, Greg McDermott, who the Buckeyes went after before. Went after him before they basically kind of left him standing a little bit. They hired Holtman within 24 hours after meeting him. Uh, They were like, this guy sucks. Gene Gene Smith. But if this is our only other option, let's go get that other guy. We're, we're taking somebody else. Dennis Gates on this list, too, from Mizzou, 44-year-old uh, head coach. Mm. You mean 14th in the I'm going to tell you what. If, if, if I'm Dennis Gates I'm and Ohio State job. wants me, I'm out. Because, again, you can stay too long. Shoot. And unless, this unless might just, be too long in Como. Unless he's just waiting to get paid. <laughs> Other name on this list, and this is uh, an interesting debate. This is on the Columbus Dispatch short list here. Nate Oates. Zero. No. Zero chance Nate Oates is leaving now. That's what I would I would think. This is probably Dude, maybe a 26 and three. This would be more of a wish list than anything. But yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure why he would leave Alabama and what Alabama basketball is right now to take that i agree uh, i was kind of i only mentioned it because i was kind of shocked that he was on the list where did dennis dennis this is dennis gates second year right or third spent eight years with hamilton at fsu and then cleveland state for the 1920 season um i knew he had been third year third year 12 win missouri team he inherited went uh 25 and 10 his first year sec coach of the year and then yeah, as we've mentioned, mm. uh, eight and sixteen and zero and eleven. So that's an interesting list. The Columbus Dispatch uh, equal opportunity. Yeah, they went with a shotgun approach. They're just going to throw uh, quite a few names out and yeah, see what happens. Throw enough against the wall and see if anything sticks. Or the agents got to the Columbus Dispatch first. Yeah, right. We wouldn't mind if you leak our guy's name out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we should probably kind of wrap this. Um, segment up because Wild and Wacky Wednesday is looming, but I want to mention our women's coach Lisa Bluter who clearly did not take the Hawkeyes loss in Lincoln over the weekend very well. 
This whole thing is ridiculous. I, I mean, I get it that the visiting team is supposed to take the stage first. And I know that you want to talk to your team and you're upset because you were up by 14 going into the fourth quarter and you lose. And I, I get, you know, all of the things. <laughs> but if you had a plan to catch, you should have thought about that while you were in the locker room. If you had a plane to catch, why talk to your team there on the plane or or at the airport or anywhere? I mean, figure it out. Get on the stage, get off the stage, then talk to your team. Whatever it takes. I mean, don't go. Well, now, beyond that, according to the athletic, yeah, here we go. Regarding Bluter's worry about missing a flight, the Iowa women have flown charter this year, and their flight home to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, their home isn't in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, is a quick trip from Lincoln, Nebraska, meaning they wouldn't have to worry about missing a commercial flight. Now, Iowa is in Iowa City, not Cedar Rapids. I don't know if you fly into Cedar Rapids to get to Iowa City or not, but... Regardless, the Iowa women fly charter, so they weren't going to miss a flight. Strike one. Um, and also, and this is speed up rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that it's not Big Ten protocol. That's fine. Whatever you can be upset about that, but you had. Ample. Jeff Grish, the Nebraska media relations director, told reporters that if Iowa players showed up while Nebraska players were still talking, he would pull them off to put the Hawkeyes at the podium. And then she just went off the rails. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Wasn't the only thing she went off about. Uh, no, she was also upset about music being played well, while they were shooting it, free throws. It wasn't music, though. So I'm watching the game, and I heard it, and I was like, well, that was weird. But so a Nebraska's coach was assessed a technical foul for being at midcourt <laughs> and whatever. Good thing those same officials weren't on that A&M game. Exactly. And, and so Caitlin had gotten fouled, goes to the line, makes two free throws, stays there to shoot the technical free throws because one, she's Caitlin Clark, and two, she just made two free throws. Mm-hmm. Shoots the first one, misses it, and you hear, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and that was it. And then Clark gets the ball back, shoots it. Like it wasn't like they were playing, you know, Usher. Keep your hands up in the air. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, Jared. So anyway, it's all, it, it was all because she was upset with the loss. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Be upset with the loss, but don't make a fool of yourself. And don't take and that and, and, and don't take that out on people that don't deserve it. Right. Yeah. Take I'm it a recovering sports information director myself. And yeah, I feel the feel the pain being kind of caught mm -hmm. in a Absolutely. situation like that. Yeah, I love this too, just real quick on the final free throw uh remarks here. Uh that Caitlin Clark says, quote, didn't even notice the effects. So I just love when, when we kind of have the, a little bit of contradictory. I do think, I, I, you know, if, for no, if nothing else, every time there is something controversial that, that 
surrounds Caitlin Clark. She is she is diffusing it every, as quickly every as moment. possible. Hey, look, I, I was fine with Angel. I was fine with the music. It didn't bother me. I mean, I love that about her that she makes no excuses. Mm -hmm. She's like, it doesn't matter. I got to make the shot. No matter, <laughs> I got to win the game. I got I got to score a point in the fourth quarter. I didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter. Like, I'm not worried about music. Music, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I do love that and, and the way that she handles those situations. I agree. We are past the break, way past the break. So we're going to take a one-minute break and come back with our final segment, which is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Stay with us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best-looking girl Bananarama, so other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Last segment of the day here, and Chris Yao? We're not going to hold anything back. Let it rip, Taylor the, Chip. The floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, man, a wild evacuation. Let's go to Colorado first. 189 dead bodies were found rotting in Colorado after a couple who offered eco-friendly funeral services spent all their money on cars, trips, and crypto. <laughs> it gets worse. The remains the families received. Uh, so they, this is one of those companies where they – supposedly cremate your body and then put you into a plant mm -hmm. and return to nature. Except the cremation wasn't taking place. No, they were giving bags of mixed concrete. Oh. Something similar to this happened oh. down in Chattanooga, North Georgia a few years ago. This where somebody was supposedly cremating bodies and, and weren't. And they found the bodies. Yeah, they found 189 of them here. Oh. And the floor was filled with the liquid of human decomposition. Oh, good Lord. Brutal. That's the type of fraud I didn't need to know about. Brutal. Okay, we're going home now to Walker County where, Wade, you love this. Come on. WJLX radio station in Jasper, Alabama, home of the Jasper Vikings and so many other things sent a landscaping crew out to its tower site last week in order to clean up, you know, just it's landscaping, right? It's getting about that time. Where is this going? When the crew arrived <laughs> to the tower site, they found only a site and no tower. 
as someone had stolen the 200-foot radio tower. What? From the tower side. <laughs> no way. I mean, the tower site is the tower site for a reason, right? It's the site of... i got so many questions right now. Oh, without question. Yeah, like, what do you do with a 200-foot radio tower? What are you doing with it? Oh, right. yeah, I know what you do with it. You take it to the scrapyard. That's what you do with it if you're in Walker County, Alabama. There's zero question where that went. How do you steal it? How do you steal it is the big question. How do you get... 200 feet of aluminum or steel or whatever it may be you couldn't have cut it up on site could you you had to now again as we know here in columbia the tower site is kind of remote and it's up on a hill by itself as was this area very in a remote area if you brought the tower down well i mean walker county is remote in and of itself but i mean but yes so I, I'm assuming that's what happened. Uh, Brett Elmore, station owner, said to break into my building and steal all my equipment and the tower? Leave me the tower. That's the most expensive thing to replace. Yeah, my immediate question is how do you not notice from a signal standpoint? Oh, we've completely lost signal. I better potentially go check the Maybe tower. Maybe I need to go to the tower site. Okay, so we don't have a tower. It's an AM station right with an FM transmitter. Okay. So nobody's listening to the AM side of the station to know that it's not on AM. Ah, so it was still on FM. Because it's running through a transmitter, which is just a, like a computer, basically. So the tower only impacts AM. The AM. And nobody's listening to AM. And nobody was listening to the AM side. In including? Brett Elmore or anyone else at WJLX. <laughs> Are there any rival stations around this potential suspects? Thinking, right? <laughs> we've, got two, it, we've got two. We've got two suspects. Either the, the rival radio station, which I'm not sure there is any any longer, or you know the people that you would expect in Walker County, Alabama, to need aluminum at the scrap. That's a right. hell of a thought, though. I better go steal this too. You know, they may <laughs> never suspect. Uh, no, no. Uh, Heist is too big, I guess, for these places. So their transmission on FM was never interrupted then? Right. But their AM shot. But because they are an AM station and they're not on AM, they can now no longer broadcast the FM side right now. So they are down because federal law doesn't allow them to broadcast the FM side if the AM side is not working. Oh. So. Oh. They are online, WJLX. You can look them up and listen to them online, the sound of Walker County. I need a shirt. I'll support them. <laughs> well, they, they need if, Get if, if, they, if they've got any merch, they, yeah, that would probably Hook be us up with something, yeah. There we go. <laughs> we'll get you going. So there you go. That's your wild and wacky stories from the that day. That is your abbreviated wild and wacky segment here on Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Thursday, we've got... Nashville Nighthawks coach Chris Hughes joining us on Coach's Corner. We've got CBS sports bracketologist Jerry Palm. And I don't know, I'll be here. I don't know who else. But join us tomorrow at 2 o'clock. See you.